Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. The weekend football is uh, going to kick off tonight. It's always great when we get to Thursday because you know the live football games are once again upon us. And Kyle, we have a fun show today because we are going to dig into your latest top 75 big board. Welcome Foot, to the show. Football back. Just like John Gruden making foolish statements to the media. Back. Again. This is unbelievable, Joe. I have to dig into this. Yes. I have to dig into it. So, John Gruden, this is a quote from Eric underscore D underscore Williams on Twitter. This is verbatim the tweet. John Gruden said he wanted to take Derwin James in the first round, but unfortunately they took a safety in the first round of 2016, Carl Joseph, and one in the second round, Obi Melifonwu, in 2017. The Raiders selected left tackle Colton Miller two picks before James in this year's draft. What is going on here? Yeah, probably not good, right? Like calling out not only your first-round pick from a few months ago, but the GM uh, of your team that made those picks. Disconnect, man. This is just further revealing that disconnect that exists in this Raiders front office. And Well, I mean, not even throwing – like it, the, the throwing Reggie McKenzie under the bus is one thing because they've it's already been established that Gruden has his own – set of advisors, and his own personal draft board. Like, next time you guys want to criticize us for a takes and ask who the hell cares, just remind yourselves of that. There's an actual NFL franchise that has a head coach and a general manager using two separate draft boards for the same pool of players for a draft. 10 years, 100 million, man. 10 years, 100 million. And then to come out after the fact and say, yeah, you know, we got Colt Miller, but we really wanted to take Derwin James. Um, why? And then the justification's even more stupid. If you took two safeties before you got in-house and you don't like them or they're not producing or your player evaluations say they're not where they need to be, it, you're building for 10 years, $100 million. You're not building for 2018. Take Derwin James. Play Obi Melifonwu as nickel linebacker. Little play team. Carl Joseph at free safety and play Derwin James at strong safety. You know, how often are we in the nickel these days? Little tease. Kyle gets to be the general manager of the Raiders tomorrow on the Super Show, which is right here on Draft Dudes. We're going to do a top 10 mock draft, and the Raiders are picking 10. It's true. Kyle gets to be John Gruden's boss. Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll leave it at that. I don't want to. Don't want to hammer Raiders fans too hard in the first four minutes of today's show, Joe. Uh, how are you? Are you looking forward to Thursday night football tonight? 
Um, yeah, because I'm looking forward to a new week in football so I can put the memories of Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills' performance against the Green Bay Packers behind me because, my goodness, the all-22 clips on Twitter all week long have put me in a weird spot, Kyle. I'm not happy. Yeah, your own fans hate you, it seems like. Bills Mafia versus Joe Marino. You know, it's not Bills Mafia. It's Bills. It's people with fan goggles so thick that they can't take a reasonable approach to taking a step back and realizing what's going on and not having to defend everything that the team does. It's, it's, if you want somebody that's just going to affirm your team, then we probably aren't the analysts for you. We're going to give you honest opinions based on a lot of work that goes into them. And I've been well-spoken on my thoughts on Josh Allen starting well before he was the Buffalo Bills quarterback. And there's been nothing uh, that makes me believe that I have been wrong about anything. And Kyle, I don't know if you baited me here or not to go on a little rant here about Josh Allen and the Bills, but it worked. I took it hook, line, and sinker, and uh, I am anxious to see how he develops against a Dick LeBeau defense on Sunday that has been lights out, haven't allowed a first-quarter point yet this year. Uh, so I'm sure Josh Allen's going to be ready to roll against that defense. I love it when a plan comes together. Got you all flustered before we even get this I'm thing rolling. <laughs> <laughs> now, who do the Dolphins have this week that I can get excited about? Maybe uh, your Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, geez, who they? Who they? Who do they say they go? No, that's not who that. I said I was never going to mess it up again, didn't I? No, I was right. Who they's right? Who they's right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should probably just stay in our lane and, and focus on our own teams. We can't get the catchphrases right for anybody else. <laughs> Trying know, to be a Bengals. I, you know, I, like, just like John Ledger and Trevor Sikkim, I've been a lifelong Rams fan my whole life. You know, yeah, so well, it's, just, it's been great this year. You know, I was uh, Goff QB1 in 2016, so guess I can, by proxy, hop on, right? Yeah, of course. But, you're, I mean, you're 3-1. and one. There's hope. There is there is hope. I mean, we'll see. I think the next couple game stretch for Miami will determine yeah. realistically. You know, Belichick has so much familiarity, and he's such an elite coach that like he's going to coach circles around you. Oh, and, and a piss so, off Patriots team too going in. Yeah, that. right. Yeah, at home, like it is what it is. I wasn't expecting to win the football game. How they bounce before, back? Yeah, will be huge. Before we go any further. And we dig into this big board. I want to talk to everybody at home about Swap.com. Swap.com, one of the sponsors of the show. Uh, this is a great service. If you're not familiar, uh, Swap.com is one of the world's largest online consignment and thrift stores. Uh, if you think about you know, the amount of money that it costs to go to the store and buy brand name clothing, it's crazy. And Swap is a great opportunity for you if you like to look good. You know, I always say you like you got to look good to play good. And if you want to look good and play good, Swap.com, uh, you can save potentially up to 90% off of retail price of your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, Gap. The list goes on for gently used clothing, quality hand-inspected items, and they add to their inventory daily. So you're going to get something new every time you go to the site, Swap.com. If something doesn't fit, you can enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. So as our listeners on the show, we have a special offer for you guys. You can get up to 35% off select items with your first order with the promo code Locked On. As a member of the Locked On Network, we are able to extend this offer to you. You can find 
great new deals every single day on Swap.com's homepage as well. It'll keep you up to date on what is new and exciting on the site, depending on whatever it is that you're looking for. So, Joe, we're going to dig into this big board today. You've prepared some questions for me. I'm ready to get put under the gun. Yeah, so Kyle Krabs' top 75 big board is on the draftnetwork.com, newly and freshly updated. Mine drops on Friday, so you have that to look forward to. But for today, I wanted to uh, to kind of talk to Kyle here about some of the some of the things that I noticed on there. And I'm going to focus a lot of my attention on players that weren't on the top 50 that we put out in preseason. So these are players that have really risen throughout uh, the first, what is it, five games of the season now? Um, and so those that'll be the focus as well as one player that's really plummeting. And so I want to kind of dig into him. So, Kyle, let's start here at number 15 overall. You've got Quinn and Williams, the defensive tackle from Ooh. Alabama. Man, uh, he's really shot up and made a name for himself here early this season. So let's uh, let's talk about him here to get things going. Yeah, Quinn and Williams, uh, 6'3", 285. This is a really athletic dude. Uh, he's – pretty polished as a pass rusher a redshirt sophomore it's this is the alabama factory at play here this is exactly what you're seeing they got a guy steps out they got three more guys behind him ready to step up into that role uh he's very powerful that's one of the the immediate things about him at 6'3 285 he's very powerful he anchors at the line of scrimmage very very well and i think he's got a complimentary game so he takes that power right and then he uses that power in his hands and he implements it in pass rush counters as well. Like, so when he rips and clubs and when he pulls you, there's so much strength in those hands that he's really able to uproot and dislodge you from your pass set as an interior offensive lineman trying to block him. And it, it's just such a, a headache for such a powerful stout guy who has so much polish to his game already as a redshirt sophomore. Do you know there's a lot of good redshirt sophomores out there in college football right now? Quinton Williams is one, and he's fortunate playing at Alabama that he's able to get on the field so early as such a young player and illustrate this because so many of these guys are kind of diamonds in the rough that don't get a chance to play early. Well, we're seeing it early from Quinton Williams, and I really love what I've seen thus far. Kyle, um, the next player I want to get into, uh, I have a mission this weekend. I'm going down to South Carolina for the Missouri-South Carolina game. So one of my goals here is to, to learn how to say this dude's name. Uh, and uh, his name he plays tight end for Missouri. I'm talking about Albert O. Albert o. Um, I have something online here that says how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to go for it <laughs> right, right here Aqu- live on the show. Aquibunam? It's Okuwebunam. Okuwebunam. Oh, okay. Of course. That's it? That's it? <laughs> Okuwebunam. Albert Okuwebunam, tight end Missouri. Number 27 on the board, Kyle. This is a big-time riser. Yeah. You have him higher than Drew Locke. So what's going on here with Albert O? I know that uh, you're a tight end savant. Of, uh, you know, It's kind of something that one of your stronger evaluation uh, positions, I think, that I've enjoyed really paying attention to your takes from. So Yeah, so this, this guy was a seam buster last year. Uh, He got up behind linebackers and had a ton of success getting in between the second and third level. This year, you're seeing a lot more versatility from him. Uh, You're seeing him utilized in the red zones. They're running fade routes with him, and he's showing 
the ability to look up, locate the ball late, flash the hands late, high point the football, and 6'5", 260. Uh, pretty attractive athlete. Uh, I think he's really, really smooth at the top of his routes. You're seeing on the outbreaking patterns now. Uh, he's cleaned a lot of that up. And that was one of the criticisms of John Ledger, who studied the SEC over the course of the summer, was uh, he thought that the routes were sloppy and he kind of drifted and uh, didn't have a lot of attention to detail when he reached the top of his stem. But now uh, you're seeing him roll through those outbreaking uh, routes much, much, much quicker. And I've really been pleased with seeing kind of the progression as this offense has evolved in Missouri and uh, and now they're not just using him as a get up the seam kind of guy, although he can still separate in those instances. Uh, his straight line speed is effective. And now you're adding on some extra elements to his play in space that has me pretty excited about his play. Joe, before we go any further, I do want to give an opportunity uh, to take a brief break, introduce a couple additional sponsors for the show. We'll be right back for you guys. Kyle, the next player that I want to hear you talk about is Jerry Tillery. He's number 47 on your board, defensive tackle from Notre Dame. Uh, ben Solak in our, our uh, Slack channel, where we basically talk football all day long, has, has thrown out a Leonard Williams comp for Jerry Tillery from uh, Notre Dame, this defensive tackle, and he actually put that in an article. So it's in writing. He did that piece the next uh, last week. Um, and so, Kyle... Jerry Tillery, what's up with this dude? Just another great player in this defensive line class? Uh, yeah, it's, it's where the, the waters really start to get murky here because this interior defensive line group has been so highly regarded for so long, right? And then you get Tillery, who was uh, a four-star recruit coming into Notre Dame and didn't really live up to his expectations and showed some flashes in 2017, but never really had the opportunity to put things all together. Well, lo and behold, now Jerry Tillery, I think he's got seven sacks in five games. Wow. And he's beat the tar out of Stanford and Michigan. He was a man possessed. You go watch Michigan and Stanford back-to-back, and you would say, this guy's a first-round player. Now, the concerns with him are with the consistency. We're seeing a level of play for him that's been previously untouched. Uh, he had some some conditioning issues. It seems like he's really got himself into great shape. Uh, as far as Leonard Williams, Leonard, I think, is a much more dynamic athlete, but their general ability and, and how they beat up guys on the interior and their gap penetration skills and uh, the short area quickness that they have to get shoulder to shoulder and hit the hip and get through a gap, I can see some similarities there. And then the build with Tillery having cleaned up his build and, and you know carrying himself at a much cleaner weight, uh, there's some substance to that. That's a little rich for me to suggest Leonard Williams, who was very high when he was coming out of the draft for the USC. But Tillery's a player that has has made waves for himself with really, really strong play so far this season. Kyle, uh, next guy here, number 54 on your board, Florida Edge, Ja'Kai Polite. He's a guy that you know, there's been some, some gifts that went on this week that really showed some impressive burst and flexibility that – I know prompted you to take a deep dive into his film this week. You saw him here at 54. What do we need to know about Polite? Uh, Polite is rude, first of all. <laughs> you get this guy in third and long situations, and he's explosive. Now, I did note, for as hot as this guy's motor ran late against Mississippi State and uh, late against Kentucky, 
there were instances in his film where I thought he left some plays out there. So his his motor is hot and it runs the hottest when the lights are brightest, if that makes sense. There's some routine type pursuit plays that I'd like to see him just play with the same urgency all the time. But as far as his skills as a pass rusher, flexible, explosive, elite speed as a trait, he can drop the inside shoulder and turn the corner on offensive tackles. Uh, I would like to see him continue to develop some speed to power tendencies. Uh, he seems like he's got enough length to be successful in that area. He's listed at 260, but he carries that weight extremely well. Uh, Polite is a player that's come on strong. This is a player that uh, Tony Pauline of draftanalyst.com has already alluded to on social media that he's hearing some rumors that uh, Polite is considering declaring for the NFL draft already at this point, early in October, if the rest of the season plays well for him. So it's obviously a player with the next level on his mind. So we're going to have to monitor that. And uh, it's frustrating at times too, because Florida rotates their ends a lot. They got a lot of talented edge players this year with Jefferson and uh, 92 for them as well. And polite. So uh, there's a revolving door there, but when polite's on the field, he's hard to miss because he has the most elite speed out of that group. And he's, he's unstoppable. If he times the snap and he's able to remove the false step from his stance, uh, he beats a lot of guys very, very quickly out of his stance. Kyle, I have two more players that I want to get to. Um, and one is a guy that's risen and one is a guy that has fallen a ton. I want to end on a high note. So I want to get into the guy that's dropped first. Uh, talking about Levanta Taylor, the cornerback from Florida State. Entered the season number 19 on the board. He slid all the way down to 70, and that could keep going. So what's going on with Taylor? What have we learned about him this year? Yeah, he had a rough start to the year against Virginia Tech especially. It seemed like he got pushed around a whole bunch. Uh, He uh, has not had success locating the football this year, especially when teams are willing to throw the ball high over the top of his helmet. And Taylor's stature has been an issue. Uh, His ability to disrupt at the line of scrimmage has been impeded by uh, some questions regarding functional play strength. Uh, I think he's, he's very quick. He's, he's got a nose for the ball if it's in front of his face, but if he's got to turn and run and play man coverage, that's where I've really gained some apprehension based on the way that he's played early in this season uh, to see him be a highly coveted player, which is what he was coming into the year. Uh, so it's a question of, will the real Levante Taylor please stand up? Can we get some definitive answers over the course of the next oh, seven, eight, nine weeks from Taylor and his film? And, and does he ultimately end up declaring? And these are all questions that uh, we have to start asking. But right now, based on the way he's played through the first five games of this season, uh, it's been an underwhelming start for Taylor. No question there. Kyle, you know, ever since you and I have started doing this podcast, which I know not draft use, but we've been podcasting together for, I think, over three years now. You know, we get a lot of questions, and uh, usually it's on which teams to bet on in a particular week, and it's the start of a new week here with it being Thursday, uh, and so it's time to get those weekend bets in. But the truth is we don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember. Who you're betting on is just as important as who is who you're betting with. 
And that's why I'm always going to tell you guys to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. You can lay down some cash and win big today. I'd only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in a given game. Join my bookie, and they're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. You can use our promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25 when creating your account to claim that bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Kyle, one of the most interesting storylines, I think, in this draft class, I know it's eight months before the real thing, but it's been the development of the running back class. And I know when you think ahead to the guys available for 2020, that's going to be a really dynamic class. But this one's been funky, right? Because the consensus number one guy, Rodney Anderson, has got that ACL injury. And so we're not really sure if he's going to declare and, and what his, his status is going to be, right, moving forward. And so now it's kind of some different guys in the mix with Damian Harris, David Montgomery. Those are kind of the guys we're thinking as RB1. But one player that's really starting to pop and has made his debut here at number 57 on your new top 75 is Saquon Barkley's uh, replacement, Miles Sanders at Penn State. So curious to hear you break him down and see if this is a guy that has the upside of potentially being a feature back in the NFL. Yeah, so, I mean, Sanders is listed at 5'11", 211 pounds. He doesn't run like he's 211. He's very quick in short spaces. It's one of the first immediate things you see about him on film is his start-stop ability and his ability to stay balanced with that hard stutter step and jump cut. Uh, It's excellent. He's got good anticipation on second-level flow as he presses up into the hole. He sees that linebacker kind of scraping across or that safety stepping down. He's really, really effective to feel where the open space is and set up that tackler to make that miss on the second level and then proceed to accelerate up into the open field into the secondary. Uh, I like some of the complementary components of his running style too. He runs tough. You know, you, like I said, you wouldn't guess he's 211 because his primary strengths are, are when he's in one-on-one situations and making somebody miss. But then again, you watch him when it's time to stick his nose in the pile. And the, and the people that had problems with Saquon Barkley because he looked to bounce things too frequently, they're going to watch Miles Sanders and they're going to like him. And I will say this for Miles Sanders. He's he's churning out more four or five-yard gains than, than Saquon did because Saquon wanted to avoid that first contact altogether. Sanders is willing to accept that first defender – challenge that first defender and fall forward. And it's a very basic elementary piece of being a running back. Now he is nowhere near the physical specimen that Saquon Barkley is. I don't think he's anywhere near as explosive as Saquon Barkley. I don't think he's anywhere near that caliber of a player. Obviously I'd Saquon Barkley, number one on my 2018 board sitting Miles Sanders right now is sitting at 57 after a really strong start to the season, uh, essentially running behind the exact same offensive line. 
Uh, but Sanders, like I said, I, I think there's a lot to like, and it has me feeling as though this has the potential to be in a down running back class and some questions with health with the guy sitting at the top of the group, a player that does rise up. It's just a question of, is this former five-star running back, Miles Sanders, who is a junior, going to be one and done? What does he want to do? What does team success matter to him? And how does Penn State perform down the stretch? They Obviously, they had the very disappointing week last week against Ohio State. So the context for Sanders is really important as far as his profile and what decision that leads him to make. But when you watch him on film, this feels like a starting running back at the NFL level. Yeah, I don't disagree. I've, I've dug into his tape here recently because I just knew we needed to, to spend some more time on these players because it seems like it's the one position where the landscape is just the hardest to gauge. Yeah. So he'll, he'll have a place on my top 75. You guys will have to wait until Friday tomorrow to check that out. Uh, but uh, you'll, you'll find Miles Sanders in there. But I'm not sure how many other running backs – I will be in that top 75. Uh, I believe Miles was my last one, and he was the fourth. So you had four in there? Okay. Yes. Montgomery, Harris, Sanders, and who? Justice Hill. Okay, yeah, you've been high on him. So that's yeah. he's fun. He's a fun player. He's a very fun player. So uh, as Joe said, his top 75 drops on Friday. We also drop a top 10 mock draft of the 2019 NFL draft as the order currently stands. With friends of the show, Trevor Sikama, John Ledyard, and Stick to Football's Connor Rogers, who is a member of the Draft Network staff as well. We're very excited to have all three of those guys on with us here on The Dudes tomorrow to run through the current top 10 selections. And each one of us will be making two picks, one in the top five, one in the back half of the top five. So a little bit of live war room action for us and uh, some analysis to go along with that. Definitely don't want to miss it. So hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button on Locked On NFL Draft where John and Trevor call home. And make sure you also hit subscribe on Stick to Football with Matt Miller and Connor Rogers, uh, the Bleacher Report football podcast that they're running over there. Good stuff there. Uh, If you want to hit us up, if you want us uh, to know where you stand on these players, whether it's a player that we touched on or maybe players elsewhere in the top 75 that we didn't address on today's show, and uh, let us know if we, you think we're too high, too low. You can reach us on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding the Tape. We'd like to kindly thank you for carving some time out of your Thursday, checking out Draft Dudes, and we will be back again tomorrow mocking the top 10. Have a great, great day, and enjoy Thursday night football. Colts and Pats. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.